Just a few film nerds breaking out of a rut Drooling over cinema that's hard and uncut Stick us in your ear, thrill to this month's picks And come and listen in, we're measuring flicks Yeah, boy, hi, let's get through some notes Let's burn notes Uh, so, the way... The way that the news the news shows up. This okay, all of her movies so far have hit stuff that's 2019 because yes. most movies do now. Because any movie with conflict, any, movie with any conflict, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, look, people are mad at each other. It's just like hey, now. it's just like now. So, people are mad at each other. <laughs> I love, I love when the the uh, the reporter shows up and she's like, "Hi, girls. So, can I ask you a couple questions?" And they're like, "Yeah, sure." And she's like, "So, are you guys like girls?" And they're like, "Yeah." And then the mom's like, "You gotta go." Yep, so exactly. <laughs> that's about as much information as she gets. So she's like, "Fuck, this dude, this is like HuffPo and CNN. This oh, is absolutely. the modern this news. This is the modern news. Yes." They're, so they're like, "Local standing outside of standing outside of local teenager Cecilia, who loved trees and nature and was very sensitive and adored horses, has tragically ended her life. It's drawn a spotlight onto a burgeoning health crisis across the United States. The alarming teenage suicide Where rate. Where the fuck is this all? And you're yeah. like, you have zero information, zero. and you're just you're spinning out anything you can, oh, dude. It's disgusting. It's um, okay. Here's my exact note. Um, the way that the news sw- like name checks Cecilia, they're like, "There's a girl. Her name's Cecilia," and then immediately like switches over to the the national the mental national, health yes. health crisis. And I said, "Making Cecilia, Cecilia stand for all stand for capitals the suicidal teenager." Yes, because they don't have the person. They don't have Cecilia. This ties into the the main thing of the book, which is these boys who are narrating our story also don't have Cecilia. They're trying. They're like what? they're trying to like they're, well, they they're like archaeologists to try to piece all of it, of it together to determine who she was and what she was about. Because they go through her journal and there's that psychoanalysis kid who's like, "What you got here is a classic dreamer out of yeah, touch yeah. with reality," you know? <laughs> yes. And then you they start reading entries and you're like, "Or actually, no, this reads just like like a like normal a, any, kid, any thirteen yep. year old girl." It's like, "Hey, that kid jumped out of his window over that rich bitch. What an idiot." Like that's yeah, and they're reading that, and they're like, "So she must have had deep problems." That must with have her been where it started, father. because she, yeah, right. So like they they do what we do. It, it's I, I I love this analogy, but it also bothers me because it strikes me as so true and so the the, the nature of human folly, which is when John when JFK gets shot in the head, everyone immediately goes like, "He's a patsy." It was really the CIA. It's a conspiracy, and you know why? It's because Lee Harvey Oswald is like an insignificant piece of shit. We yes. don't like to believe it's like, that. No, no, nope, nope, needs to be more than that. It must have. John F. Kennedy is one of the, the world's best, best leaders yes. ever. There, it has to be some huge, important thing. It can't just be a dumpy shit with a gun because he doesn't matter enough. Stephen yeah, King. Yeah, the balances aren't enough. Stephen, have you ever have you read Eleven Twenty Two Sixty? Oh my god, it's so good. But he, he I talks, started the audio book a while ago, but I did too, and it glitched out on me in the last Fuck. chapter, and I was like. I, I didn't want to read that. It's the Fisher it. in the Diner that opens in 1958 or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So he, uh, there's this, he says like the scales don't balance. Right. So people start. You need more. They stack stuff on to make the tragedy balance. So when a, when a six, 13 year, I'm sorry, 13 year old girl slits her wrists in a bathtub and then jumps out of a window onto a picket, onto a spike. You need to fence, make it a national thing. Otherwise it's right. not. 
it can't just be that she was sad and 13 is a hard age and she made a mistake or she made an impulsive decision right. or she was legit miserable for six months and that's just not big enough no 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 it can't be it can't has be that. to be you know what it because is because then all 13 year old girls are susceptible There's to that happening and that's just not accept. that's we can't deal with that chaos we can't deal with can't chaos deal so, so what we do is we're like there's a national crisis here's the national uptick right. and blah 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 and here are the factors that people think it could be let's bring order to the chaos the chaotic fact that occasionally oh we love doing that though we that's do. part of what we do dude bling ring we just had this mm-hmm. conversation where I was like did you know that the teen suicide rate is way up and then I watched this movie and I'm like what a ridiculous <laughs> I fuck know, I am right? <laughs> like I'm but it's what we do, though. It's not. It's nothing. You're not an an idiot or an asshole for like right. And it, coming up with that. It's like, it do, that's it, what we do. It, the the numbers. That's a skin tag. What is? Anyways, never mind. What never on mind. you or me? Yeah, I got a little like a. Fuck. Uh, well, I Found I'm it. over here like I got an itchy ear. I'm like, <laughs> is it a skin tag? No, but uh. <laughs> So, I mean, but it did hear how the show being, picking each other's face. Being aware of the numbers doesn't make the numbers wrong. No, it right. doesn't even make the trend wrong. But it's important to remember that these kids killing themselves are not a trend. They're individuals deciding to kill themselves. Yes, exactly. Like we, we should probably take a look at why more people seem to be doing that. But we should also remember, like all these are people. Yes. All of these are people. There's an individual circumstance surrounding all of it. Right. I, I wrote down. Um, they, uh, the news in this movie folds Cecilia's hurt and or the the Lisbon's hurt and tragedy into fuel into news. So like, new, numbers are news. Suicide is an individual tragedy. Yes, you know what I mean. Like, god damn, this movie's so timely and it's so well executed. And because it deals with subject matter that's super relevant today, it's. I think it's important. I think mm-hmm. this is an important film. I think. I think this will always be an important film. It sort of lives in that space. I, yeah, I think it was important when it came out in '99. I think it was important ten years later. Dude, Criterion has not steered us wrong yet. No, that's just. This f- is. A, I got. A, I got the Criterion man. version of this, and you know what, man spot on yeah. spot on good choice mm-hmm. like i was honestly skeptical because we'd had so many like weird sofia coppola episodes that I, when i spun this i was like here we go and then i watched the first 10 minutes and i'm like no, okay and i started good. to relax and halfway in i'm like she's got it she's got it i think i'm coming around on this more she's as we talk about it too this. yep i it i will i had the benefit of being able to talk with bird before the episode because she wasn't going to be on this one so i was able to work through my bias with her and i'm working through it now with, with me. you yeah and it really opened me up to the movie just talking because i'm like well you know she didn't write the script and bird's got her phone she's like yes yeah, she did and i was like, like okay fair well enough. you so, know but you know but yeah. sure but it's what 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 yeah. Oh my God, dude. Okay. So I wrote down, hold on. Bird's talking off mic. Say again. True. Yeah. Bird says Sophia Coppola was also once a 13 year old girl. So this is hot now if you want to talk. So this is something that she could relate to very easily. Mm-hmm. I mean, all teenage girls have gone through bullshit like this. Mm-hmm. So it's easy to relate to. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, I, the, we one of the things about this movie that I loved that I ne- didn't necessarily love about her other ones is this movie doesn't. This movie feels authentic. Mm-hmm. This movie feels like it comes from a place of personal knowledge and understanding, and it it really gives you like it. It, it really gives you like an authentic look at at what that what this time is and what these the experience of these girls is. It felt like it came from a really true place. Um, so one of our critiques of both the Bling Ring and Marie Antoinette is the opulence. Yeah. 
we called it poor pornography. Yeah. I wrote down the uh, there is opulence in this movie. There's the de- the debutante party at the end, yep. which is weird horrifying yeah it really comes across as like a scary, disgusting sort of like ooh. scary uncomfortable it, it's it's shot to it's kids drinking too there's a bunch of weird shit going on yeah so the 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 debutante party is really kind of dirty it's, yeah it feels it, disgusting to me and then there's other moments where they shoot um like women being interviewed in like in their living room Right. So it'll be like women in this like immaculate living room with beautiful. She really loves that sort of like Rococo over or Baroque. I don't know which term it is, but um, it's like that really overly ornate, oftentimes kit in this movie. It comes across as oftentimes kitschy, but like that highly textured, detailed visual thing. You can see her 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 visual style developing developing right away yeah. where she loves a lot of textures and a lot of depth going on in her in her images. And I wrote down the opulence of this movie feels like a critique of opulence. It does. This movie it very much does. It's strange because this when when we sit in the living room and the women are drinking their coffee and she goes, that girl didn't want to kill herself. She just wanted to get out of that house. Or then then the other woman, Cattley, says she just wanted to get away from that decorating scheme. Right. That is it's Mar- a critique of that's straight out of Marie Antoinette. Yeah. But in this movie, it reads like a critique of these people. And I wrote down or and I underlined or. a it's showing us a cage like these people stuck in their suburbs in their little beautiful matching houses that ticky tacky yeah it really is showing like there's this is such a strange movie because it feels like this is a movie about dreamers and about desperation to escape and and criticizes that weird stepford wifey thing that seems to be celebrated in the other movies i feel like I felt this before, and you just made me think of it again. That this, I don't think American Beauty exists without uh, Virgin Suicides. When did perhaps. American Beauty came out? It was um, out. was it early two thousands? Anything after ninety nine, I would agree. That yeah. you can. It, it's a very similar sort of a lot of weird. Is that a Miramax film? Because it feels, feels it's another one. Yeah. It's another one that feels Miramax. I know that it's not popular to talk about the Weinstein Company anymore, right? No, I know because of the Weinstein's or one of them. Right, one Weinstein, bad one. Abby. Brett, is it Brett Harvey? Harvey Harvey Weinstein. Brett Weinstein is Harvey a Wallbanger. Poor, is a, is Ooh, a guy that's who's on more. Even horribler, but yeah. So Harvey Harvey Weinstein, shitty guy. But anytime I see the Weinstein logo pop up in a movie, you know, it's, it's going to be, be a good movie. Yeah. So let's not take. I mean, let's not take that away from the other Weinstein brother and you know the movies that got pushed right. by that company. But that like this movie again, you almost see the Weinstein logo, and then right, you see yeah. or you see Miramax. You know, like Miramax, that's what I'm saying. Sure. Yeah. This feels like a Miramax movie, the way that American Beauty feels like a, a like a Weinstein company production. Mm-hmm. Um. Another tie between this movie and The Beguiled is Young Girls in Dresses and Trees. Yep, uh, Young Girls in Dresses and Trees, man. Young Girls in Dresses and a Trees. A young dead girl in dresses with trees in trees. That was so... Yeah. The, this, the they all see her. stuff is kind of yeah, interesting. I, love, I, I dig it a lot because they're all seeing... Well, the, the, the father that sees her ghost first. Mm-hmm. It's not even really a ghost. He just thinks he's seeing her. Right. And it's his other daughter. And then you have... Um, the one young boy that he wakes up from a dream and she's sitting on his bed. Yeah, the tree is so. Creepy. But then as they're driving and she's day. in a tree and it's daytime. It's broad, broad daylight. Broad daylight and she's just sitting there dangling. The kids with their, fo- their foot dangling. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So there, there is something about this movie. When I read the book, 
I was hoping it would show up in the movie so we could talk about it because again it's like more of that personal experience mm-hmm. shit but um, there's that moment where the principal the school principal or whoever that is that lady is like in that dry mm-hmm. like school administrator voice it's so spot on it's disturbing which is like reading about the alarming suicide rate we have decided that <laughs> it's exactly that yep. though you know like we as administrators have decided that this issue has not been addressed enough in the school so we are going to blah 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 or whatever right do you put put for some sort of action that's not going to have any effect <laughs> at re- all my note on is our student body <laughs> that that dumb shit adult response yes fucking shit <laughs> made me so fucking mad i'm like you know that is is stupid right Right, like everything you just said. They they're sitting Principal, there. Oh my god, dude! Yeah. They, they kept one of my favorite details, which is like they handed out green pamphlets, and then there's a cut to an adult's voice going, "We chose green as calming. We chose green because calming. We didn't want red because red seemed angry or judgmental." So they they all have a minor in psychology, so they feel like they can, they're all yeah. They took a psychology class, so they're like, "Well, we shouldn't make it blue because right. blue is a sad color. Right. How about green? You know, like." Green the is color a of the pamphlets color. is the adults being like, "Let us coddle, dude." Honestly, no, seriously, this yeah. is like this is the this is proto bling ring because it's like let's protect the children, protect them, protect. It's like how about let them work through their shit, right? And that's but, when they were jump out of a. But I wanted to, I wanted to talk about this because in the book they, they cover in the book they cover the entire day they do like a day of grief or whatever where mm-hmm. the school just sits around and what most kids do is just fuck off and dude i was so happy i got so high on the fucking day of grief we had for some poor kid that killed, killed himself themselves. my junior year dude that day of grief was great got right. all fucking high yeah you don't you didn't yeah. know him you had did your thing yep. so in my high school did that when that my, that friend of mine killed themselves the next day we came into school and they were like got called us in for assembly and they're like, yep. we are all working through a trauma. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, wait, he was kind of, he was, he was super popular in school, but he was like a delinquent type kid. Right. And I'm like, none of you even fucking liked him. Yeah. Like you tried to expel him a couple times and you're always, you guys were always up his ass about like the shit that he was doing. So what are you doing now? And that was one of the first moments I remember being like, adults are so, so full of s- shit. Yep. They're so they're just like you guys are just up there like puppet parrots like fuck you So then they did like the day of grief and his really close friends Like all like got of course into, they're they all got very emotional And they're talking and they're working through and they're like The other 90% of the student body was, though There was no classes yeah but like a lot of kids are like in the computer lab on like Newgrounds yeah. And the, like the big thing, the big thing was because I went at my dad was a math teacher and I went immediately. So my this was me to the computer Dude, lab. My dad was a math teacher. So I'm watching this movie with their math teacher dad. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is this movie struck <laughs> this is like, exactly my life growing yeah. up, minus all the like me killing myself and being so, a girl. Right. Not a girl either. But like the boy stuff was spot on. But I remember going to dad and being like, can I can I go home? <laughs> Cause I was, a, yeah. I was friends with this kid, but I was like, I was like, I, if I could just leave, I will, I'll go home and deal I'll with this. I'll mourn at home in my own way. Or like, I'll go over to my buddy's house, the buddy that I'd spent the night before with, like working, working through, through the, it. Yeah. suicide. I was like, I like, this is stupid. I'm like, dad, look, look around. Like there's kids like running around in the halls and there's kids in the computer lab. And a lot of kids are just like reading comics and everyone's just, there's, there was basketball games going on in the gym. Kids are just like, well, we don't have to, board, pick but up no one was hoop, allowed yeah. to leave. So they're like, well, let's go play basketball. And they would, so there's kids cool. like working out in the gym and shit. I'm like, what are we doing here? Can I go? Can I go? And dad's like, no one's allowed to leave. And I'm like, well, this is dumb. You're, you're a teacher. 
can I just leave like and you cover for me or something? <laughs> I think ultimately like we we did launch and like the cafeteria is silent, you know, because oh, but again, there's that group of kids at the table who are just like, we have a free day. So at lunchtime, I was like, fuck this. Jumped in my car, took two of my friends and we just bailed. We went to the beach yeah, and we stood and we They're also trying to figure out. They don't know. It's like the it's like the the father's trying to pull the fence out of the yard. They don't know how they're just what else trying to, to do, do something. Trying to do something. Right. Yeah. But it was. It's weird, man. And the the movie skips over it, so we can get back to the story. Mm-hmm. The book covers that whole day, and the book has every single detail right. Where oh, it's wow. like they like the teachers will come up to you and they'll they share the oh, their one right. good memory of the kid that they barely knew who's dead, and then they like and if you ever need to t- the counselor comes in who is there once a week. She's there, and her office door is always open. And like the seven dr- over dramatic. Makes me thinking of Heather's. Dude, it's yeah. it's fucking exactly like that though. Yeah. The counselor's there, and the seven over dramatic kids go in and talk to the counselor. Not yeah. not saying you shouldn't talk to the counselor, but dude, my experience with this exact thing was the kids who were always crying about everything went into the counselor, and everyone else was just like, "Fuck, fuck this! I yeah. want to drive around. I want to listen to music. I want to talk with my friend. I want to live." In the wake of this. Go live a little bit. That's how you. That's how you get through this. Is you just keep living and you realize that life keeps going. And this was their choice, not yours. You are not. At, if you're not. If you're not thinking about suicide and like stockpiling pills, just because the people are like, there's an alarming suicide rate, does right. not does make not you make it, at risk right. for suicide. Only you know that. And I'm sitting here in school. I'm like, um, I'm doing pretty all right. Like, right. <laughs> I'm very upset that my friend is dead, and I'm very sad. But I'm not like. You know, if I don't sit here and talk to my science teacher for two hours about how I feel, I'm not <laughs> going to go and off yeah. myself. How about you just let, you know, let, let us keep living. This is fucked up. What we're doing right now is fucked up. It bugged me a lot. And watching it in this movie and reading it in the book, I was like, they get but then it. They feel, but the thing is that they feel, if, if they don't do that, then they feel like if somebody they're else, ignoring it then they're ignoring whatever, it. If yeah. it happens again, it's, it's their fault now. Right. What they should, I mean, I'm not a school administrator and I think there should be a lot less, fewer, a lot fewer school administrators. Just call the day off. Like there's gonna that's be, what you do. There's no school today. If you want to come in, the principal will be here. You the have counselor a handful of counselors will be, here. Will be yes. Right. Like if you want to come in, we're here to talk to you. But otherwise, guys, like you, you can do this. We need a day. Right. Right. Just take a day. Deal with it in your way. <laughs> and is, if you need resources, we're here for. We're you. here for you exactly. But dude, like, don't lock us all in a building <laughs> and like come that's and fucked up. All right, so moving on from that, which I on it, but the, not a criticism of the movie. Nope. Love the movie because the movie criticizes they criticize that, that, and that's how thing. it happens. Yeah, uh, we talked about it before. Uh, jo- Josh Hartnett is the perfect Trip Fontaine. I fucking capital L love Josh Hartnett. <laughs> Just in everything. <laughs> Me too. I have never not liked. Him. I am such a fucking fanboy of that Penny dude. Dreadful. Penny Dreadful, Thirty oh Days of Night. God, Thirty Days of Night. Dude, it's so good. There's the one, one he did the with Harrison one, Ford. The one scene in Sin City when he's the the, the hitman. Hitman. Josh Hartnett is a really good actor, man. He's really good. He's dreamy as shit, and he's the perfect Trip Fontaine. Um, and he Trip is even just a little bit awkward. Yeah, like because he is sexy. Like he, they they talk about it in the in the voiceover. Like this is the summer he lost his baby fat. Right. And like to, and everyone's super happy about it, the moms. including the moms. Yeah. But he still has that little bit of like teenage awkwardness about him. Yes. Though. And his teeth haven't quite don't quite fit his head yet. Like, and his ears are kind of big. It, yeah. I love one of my favorite things about his performance in this is the way he's so used to girls throwing themselves at him that when he goes after Lux, he becomes like a like a gawky idiot. He's like, Hey Lux. And she's like, Hey, 
And then, oh, then she, she's sitting against she the tree with her on. sisters. And yeah. yeah, so he's like standing there and nothing's happening. I guess I'll and she keeps rolling and keeps rolling. So he he pretends to right. see something like, oh, and like hey. flips his yeah. hair and walks away. <laughs> and you're like, I love that moment, though. It's so perfect. I, I honestly I'm a huge fan of, by the way, because we've uh, OK. High acting. Drunk acting is hard. High acting is harder for sure. As you know, Cole Kidman can attest Absolutely. to. Absolutely, I won't bust her balls forever. By the way, because I do like her in a lot of stuff. But uh, that is the worst high acting of all time. Oh, the pinballing down the hallway. This horrible. I love it. No, no, no. I thought it was good because it's. <laughs> I didn't. The pinballing down the highway from or down the highway down the hallway. <laughs> pinball down, down the, the highway. highway. No, but like it's for me, motorcycle song. <laughs> for me, man, when he's like bouncing his way down the highway, or the, <laughs> god damn, when he's bouncing his way down the hallway. Sorry, I, <laughs> I, I just want to be high right now. I just, yeah, I'm, I'm just thinking about how good that weed would taste. Ooh, 90s weed, actually, it's probably garbage. Garbage, shit. Yeah. <laughs> he's just smoking shakes. Yep. But like, when he's going down that hallway, I love, I love him going back and forth because it's that thing. Okay, one of my favorite things to do in the world, and I know this is bad, but one of, my, one of my favorite things to do is to, when I, I get high. I hang out for a little bit until I kind of level out a touch, but you're still like high because you're high. Right. <laughs> and then walk to the grocery store and try and buy something Oh, that's with me. my headphones in. So I'll put my headphones in and I'll be like listening to like some like really bluesy rock song, you know, or whatever. And then you're walking on the side of the road and you're like, your life is soundtracked by blues rock. And then you walk into the grocery store and you're like, everyone in here is like two seconds from knowing you're high. So keep your shit together. Yep. Head down, ass yep. up. Right. Mm-hmm. And you just, you, if you laugh, you got your headphones in and you're like, it's Lu- Louis CK. Li- exactly. You know, so you, you, it, your life feels like an adventure. It feels heightened. It feels more than it is. Wait, here's, what do you hear? Oh, I thought it was like someone was banging something. Possibly. Mm. But anyway, um, so you're like, you're just like, your life feels like, like this heightened it feels like a movie it feels elevated so i can see trip fontaine going out and burning a jay in his in his and then coming back in and yeah and he comes in and then he's like you can see him like walking because he's not stumbling he's just walking back and forth down the hallway and at one point he i was i thought i was reading it as like he trips and falls against the wall but he's not he like does that thing where he like falls against the wall and like pushes off the wall you know and he's just being cool man he's enjoying his moment of he's the way I read it is, is he's floating down that hallway, man, where he's just like, man, this hallway is like bright and crazy, you know? And he's like, ooh, a wall, I'm going to push off it. Yeah. Okay. And then the teacher comes around the corner because he immediately, it's not like he's like too fucked up to be like, what? He sees the teacher and he's like, oh shit. Right. He He caught himself. Yeah. yeah. He's like, teacher. And he dives into the room. There's a cool note in the book where Trip Fontaine's relating that incident as an older man. And he's like, he's like, man, I'd been high talking to teachers like a dozen times and I never had a problem with it. But some about to that day, man, I just got the fear and I got the fear. So he like jumps into the classroom and that's where he meets Lux Lisbon. And oh my God, that focus pull to Lux's face, like full blur. And then like there's her face and then ding, that little sparkle in her eye that in that same like bubbly. Yes. Perfect, fucking perfect, Carl. It's so goddamn good, dude. It's exactly the moment of like. That's when you have that moment, right? You're baked. Someone turns around and you don't see him at all. You're just like, hey, and then you then you see them, and then you're like, are are we in love now? (laughs) I think we just fell. I don't know if you know this, but I know this. I think we just fell in love. I think we just fell in love. Look, 
we did. And you, your eyes are just so sparkly. sparkly. You're like, yeah. dude, come on. It's, <laughs> they do it so well. And then, uh, so. Oh, there's my no couple and knows how to capture blue balls. Yeah. She totally does. And Trip Fontaine is like, for a big chunk of the movie, he gets bald. Ultimately blue balled. The, the fucking his, his gay dad giving him advice. Yes. And his dad and his partner. Oh my God. It's they're a, so awesome. I love it. Oh my God. Don't call her on the phone. Don't call no. her on the phone. You got to talk to her in person because it'll show her that you're serious. And um, and they're like looking at each other like, do you have more advice? And Trip is just dying. He's sitting there just despondent. There's yep. a tiki drink in front of him and he just doesn't right. want it. <laughs> they make him a fucking they make him a tiki. A hurricane or some yeah, shit. Yeah, and he's like, like he's <laughs> sucking on the pineapple all sad. It's just such a great little moment, which is one of those absurd things that's not my childhood, obviously. Right. But like I know kids were like, that's, Absolutely. that's the move. Their dad would like pop him a beer and be like, <laughs> oh, like hey, no. let's talk about talk, you, know. you should probably just uh, talk to her. You know, yeah. have you have you uh, talked to her yet? And Tripp's like, no, I haven't. Uh, Is that what you do? You talk to him? Number one. Get your hair out of your eyes. Talk to so her. So she can see those eyes, you know. You got, beautiful, it's, you got your mother's eyes. They, they love the baby blues. It's, you got the baby God, blues. It's such a good bit. Are you going to finish that beer? Yeah, give me that back. Give me that back. Give me that back. I just realized that was my and last And by one. the way, uh, here, take this five, go down to the market. I need another six of them. <laughs> <laughs> um... Oh my god, dude! And like we talked about it earlier, the the TV relating what mm-hmm. is what's going on. It's like the internal monologue. That movie about the hurricane, like a low pressure system, yes. runs up against a high pressure system, and it's Lux. And he sits down next to Lux, and then she gradually like leans over, and like when her th- my the girlfriend that. Second girlfriend, my sec no, my first legit serious girlfriend. I met her at like a talent school talent show. Well, I'd, I'd known her and we'd been like talking and stuff. And I sat behind her at a school talent show. And at one point, I like I was like, "Fucking go for it, buddy. go do it, go for it." So talk I put out my left hand. I didn't talk to her. <gasps> I put out my left hand and I just brushed it against her shoulder because she's sitting in front of me, right? So this is pure high school, dude. But this is exactly how this shit yep. happens. Because then what she did was. She crossed her arms and brought her hand up and put it on mine on her shoulder. So everything, your whole world explodes. At I was that just point. like, I'm like, fortune favors the bold. Everything and I, changes. I touched her shoulder <laughs> and she like crossed her hand, her hands across her chest and like reached up and touched my hand on her shoulder. And okay, I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. I swear to God, I swear to you, Carl. We sat. Still like that, yep. like bar- her hand barely moving on my fingers, my hand barely moving on her shoulder for an hour. No, didn't talk. No words. Nothing. Nope. But after that, then we started talking. So, and we uh, ended up dating so, uh-huh. for three years. Yeah. Wow. But like, dude, that's how it started. Was like dark do it, auditorium. Do it, do it, Here we go. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Go. I touched her. Freaking out the whole time. Terrified. Just, oh my god. You're just like you're it. You're you're gonna like you're like if I don't throw up on her head, I think I'm <laughs> I'll be in. okay. You know, like <laughs> if I don't shit on her. <laughs> That's exactly. Here we go. That's exactly <laughs> what it fucking is. And it's just like yeah, you guys are, you guys touched like your arms touched. Yep. But when you're fucking. 15, 16. Dude, everything is just like you're like, I'm gonna do it, I'm making contact. You know, <laughs> oh like my God. I loved it. It's so and then that that la- there's a fart and it breaks the tension, everybody laughs, yep. and he's like, um. his ass is grass. Look, I'm gonna ask you out. I'm gonna come over to your house on Sunday, watch TV, and then I'm gonna ask you out. And he leaves, and she's like smiling, he comes back and whispers in her ear. It's my fo- this is my favorite line in the movie. He goes, You're a stone fox. 
breaks yeah. and pieces out. And you're just like, that is exactly what Trip Fontaine. You're just like, holy fuck, dude. I want to be you. You do. You do, though. You definitely do. You want to be Trip Fontaine All the dudes so want to be bad. Trip and all the ladies want to. All the girls want to trip on trip. Trip on trip. Trippy. Trippy. Trippy, tripping, tripping. Um, dude, that, that awkward TV. Fucking, mm-hmm. I said, fuck yeah, soundtrack. Um, uh, we at prom yet? Let's. I'll be there in two seconds. Yeah. So, it's a homecoming, not prom. But, oh, uh, right, right, sorry. Trip goes to his car after TV night. Oh yeah. He's, he's just sitting there and he's like, the, he's like, ugh. fucking hate everything. He's he's looking up and he's bummed. And then that door opens. Boom. She runs. She's in. She's so all happy. over oh. it. All. Oh my god. In the the book, the way the book describes it is he's describing it to them as an adult. And he's like, she was like a demon beast with a thousand mouths and a thousand hands. It was the most surreal experience in my life. And he's like, I tried, I, I did everything I could to keep up. He like gets a hand under her dress and stuff. And he's like, I, I was like, I was trying to satisfy the insatiable. And then the moment passed and the wave broke and she was gone from my car, man. She zipped out as she was it's gone like a, as quickly as she It's arrived. like a supernatural experience. Yeah. And in so in the movie, there's a, I, he does it so fucking well. She's boom. She's like, I got to go for, before bed check. Gone. And you're like, huh? Did that and just then he happen? takes her gum out of his mouth. And he leans back in his car, looks up, just overwhelmed by like this wave that broke. Yeah. And you hear that music. It's like there's still soundtrack going on. I can't remember exactly what it is, but it's like that old like. And then all of a sudden it's like it's a it's a match cut to Mr. Lisbon sitting in his chair. And it's match cut means he's in exactly exact the same, same position. position with his head back. He's, he's, he is trip in the previous it's, it's composed. The shot is the same composition, yes. but it's silent. And it's Mr. Lisbon sitting in his desk, looking up at the solar system, his little like his mobile, little mobile planet yeah. thing. And he's just sitting there like in a day. He's also in a daze, but he's Dad in a is daze. having a real hard time. His youngest daughter killed herself. Yeah. Like he is so fucking broken. And that's what I like about his character too. Mm-hmm. He doesn't, he's so trying so hard to be in control right. of his thoughts and his emotions. A priest and, baseball and, game. Is oh like, my fucking God, dude. There's a, do you, do you catch the moment where he like reaches he out? He almost, he reaches out. Like, and goes, Father. Oh, there's a double play. Father. Never mind. And the priest play. turns back. Double play. It was a double play. He missed a double yeah, play. Du- double play. And you're like, you were so close. He is close. so broken, dude. He's fucked. He's, do- yeah. he's doomed. He is probably taking it worse than anybody. But you see it the but least. He's it got least. it so buried down. Like, it's it's amazing. That that match cut, too, is just... He starts talking to fucking plants. You doing your photosynthesis today? I was like, oh, oh that's dad is dark gone. as shit. Yep. But, man, when that the makeout to Mr. Lisbon sitting in his classroom looking up at the solar system in sudden silence, I, just, I, I just wrote down, that's brilliant. This is where boys go when they grow up. This is the difference between boyhood and adulthood. Yeah. You're just sitting there overwhelmed by life and happy and then you're Euphoric. Mr. Lisbon yeah. <laughs> and you're overwhelmed by life and like dude like I mean that it's that role earlier we're looking at suburbia and then and we're then looking roll at up. the sky the boys be. roll up to the sky and they see Lux's face in the clouds she's like this wise unknowable god figure and all these kids are like so they're looking up and they're infatuated and they see the sky I mean when Trip looks up he's looking into the night sky I think it's important. He's looking up into the night sky and Mr. Lisbon is looking at a model of the of night the, sky oh, boxed fuck. in by the ceiling. Isn't that, it's the, sh- it's that shrinking of your world, man. It's the shrinking of that world. I love world doing as you this age. show with you, man. Right? Your brain does things. <laughs> your brain does things, Max. 
fuck? Right? Yeah. Dude, He's it's, looking at the actual sky. He's looking at a model. He's looking at a model of, of the night the- sky, dude. It's amazing. And it's that it's that reductionist scientist thing, you know? Like God damn it. I I love it. I love it. It's he's all he's always been about models. He's Mr. Lisbon, that's what he was t- talking to all the kids about in the basement at the fucking party. Right. He he lives one step divorced from reality because models are something you control and reality yes. is not. You build them. And then you tell the story with them. They're and yours. Then you, they're yours. You are their creator. But in reality, man, reality is something you can't control. And that's how he's trying. That's the chaos is reality. Right. So. Mr. Lisbon, Mr. Lisbon lost his daughter because the universe is chaotic and random. So what does he do is he turns to his model of the universe, which he controls. Fuck me. <laughs> it's fucking nuts, dude. This movie's so good, Carl. Jesus, Max. Jesus. You know what you should do? You should have a movie podcast. You think so? Talk about movies. I, I've, I've kicked the idea you're, around. You're real good at talking about movies. <laughs> well, I love, I dude, I love that I've got you to go down the road with me. Because you did, man. I was like a C plus. <laughs> I had to talk it out with somebody, man. This yeah. movie's like an A. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. This movie for for me, this movie <laughs> right. is like utter a. But I again though, I'm with you. Like when I first finished it, I went to Bird and I was like, I gotta work this out because I'm like, I think I love this movie, but my brain is saying I, was I only wearing a like dirty coat of like yeah man be, not beguiled but it, I I carried I ri- yeah. yeah no but it's it's fine because I did the same fucking thing because we had the same. I, this is cool. The cool thing about this show is you and I have the same. We have our, our reactions. Anytime our reactions are different, that's always the most interesting to me because we watch the same movies in the same order under similar, at least similar, similar circumstances. circumstances. Sure. So when we come at a movie really differently, it says to me that we're in the text. But when we're when we come to it like of a mind, I don't know. That's that's one of the things that was interesting about this is I watched the bling ring. and I'm like, I think I like it. Bird, help me figure out why I'm not like. I think I love because, dude, I took three pages of notes. Right, yeah. I fucking love this movie, and I'm like, but I feel weird about liking it, and so we we walked through it you have together. To work through that, yeah. And what it was was it's totally, and again, it's on you, dude. Move well, it's, it's right. totally on yeah. me, and it's it's movie order thing too because like this movie, Lost in Translation. We'll get to Lost in Translation, but like in my head, I'm telling you, like that's chalked up as a win. I fucking love those two movies. I liked The Beguile a lot, and then I was like, two dump movies. So I'm coming. I came at this with such a Sofia Coppola bias, and with the taste of Bling Ring still in my mouth. But when I was able to just deal with the text, just, just this, deal with yeah. the movie, I was like, "This is it's undone, dude. This movie's like undeniably masterfully done. It's a this is a this is her masterpiece." I would agree with that completely. I think this is Sofia Coppola's best film because I did just watch last yeah, so. You did yeah. okay. So, so I mean, this is, this don't is don't spoil me. But not I, gonna. But, but I say this is the masterpiece. This, yeah, of the ones we've seen, there is one. If more, you're gonna show any, if you're gonna show one movie, this is the one. This is the one. This is, this is the, the one that you one. show. You know, like in a in a weird way, because okay, Jim Jarmusch. I think his best work came later. Mm-hmm. I love his early work, but I think his best work came later in his career. I think Kevin Smith has a similar arc where Clerks, brilliant. There's a couple stoner comedies that don't really hit for me. Mm-hmm. Then Red, Red State. State, Tusk. Like I haven't seen Yoga Hosers, but I know a lot of people hated it. Yeah, but like, I haven't seen it either. I think I, didn't, it, I think it fell completely off my. Radar. I think Red State is a nearly perfect film. Mm, if there, so there's bad. one shot in there that always sticks out to me as like a burr. Like if you'd smoothed that, sh- if you'd taken that shot out, it's when the one cop is blowing the other cop. Oh yeah. If you'd cut that joke, Red State would have been a perfect film. It's fucking incredible. It's like it, it should have, dude. It should have won an Oscar. Michael, everyone in that movie, Michael Parks, John Goodman, all the kids, every single one of those kids. Like that movie's immaculate. It's one of it's the perfect. One of the most 
uncomfortable horror films I've ever seen. Yeah. I, this is a horror movie. And you still haven't seen Tusk, dude. And oh, Tusk is I like... I can't. Body dysmorphia shit. We really got it. You know, we, sh- we should do it for a Patreon sometime and spin it together. Because, dude... That's the, that's the only way I'm watching it, dude, because I can't... Let's I do it. Because oh. I'm telling you, dude, I, when I watch Tusk, I'm like, this is the guy mm. who made Clerks did this. It's so gnarly, Carl. It's so gnarly. He'll, he said his goal in shooting it was to to be he he the movies he loved as a kid you'd leave and the review was always that was fucked up so he wanted to make a movie where people would say that I'll tell you what dude at the end of Tusk you just sit there and you're like that was that was fucked, fucked up. up fair enough but yeah so I don't know Sofia Coppola for me there are movies of hers I like but dude this one holy shit this is it dude this is the this is peak this is Pete Coppola this is baller this movie's amazing um. It's probably one of the best and truest um, homecoming dances. Yeah. I was so, oh my God, I was there. I, I, re, I relived 94 and 95. I mean, Sticks wasn't playing at my <laughs> homecoming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come Sail Away was not the number one hit come of the summer. Away, come Sail Love Sticks. Away, love that song. But it was, it's everything from the like sneaking the schnapps underneath the, the bleachers to being the awkward kid to being like, they ca- she captures all of those moments. Mm. And then you also have, um, God, the scene under the bleachers is so perfect. It is. One, you have the peach schnapps. So Bill Pullman's exceptionally proud mm. of that got scene. The Kuiper. Got the Kuiper. Got the the Kuiper. Because it's working for the two of them and it doesn't work for the other two. And it's just this weird little... Because that's what high school is. Yeah. It's that. It's, it's the four of them underneath the bleachers at a homecoming. Don't be a loser, man. Take Don't be a drink. loser. Take a drink. And it's fucking peach schnapps. Chicks dig it. Chicks dig it. She tastes like peach schnapps. Like no, fucking, I'm sorry. Babes love it. Babes love it. Right. Dude, that that detail right there, that peach schnapps, yeah, babes love it. Just aw- and they're awkwardly kissing. You know what's cool about that scene, by the way? A bunch of that that dialogue is eighty yard. Um, if you watch, like those lines are future people talking. Right. Like I'm pretty sure that the the Fontaine, because yeah, when Fontaine pulls that bottle out, he's like, he doesn't say anything, but we hear peach schnapps. Babes love it. And then a lot of the dialogue where they're saying where it's weird, dude. I don't know. Something about that scene. The if it maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I just wasn't seeing their mouths move. But it looks like everyone's not talking. And then all this dialogue happens over top. Over like, top. Don't swallow it. Isn't it great? Wow, that tastes nice. But I don't ever see anyone fucking say anything. Mm-hmm. And it cre- it it puts this moment we're watching into memory space. Yes. Where it's like you're watching something and the mouths don't match up and you're putting lines that maybe weren't there. It's just this whole movie's like watching half of a dream informed by half of a memory. Uh, yeah. It's so incredible. Um, let me burn through my homecoming notes. I love this is this is a writing note for Jeffrey Eugenides because it's 100 percent from the book. But that bit where he's trying to get where Trip is trying to get Lux or trying to get the dad to agree to let him take Lux. To take the kid, yeah. And he's like, You were you on the football team or son? And he goes, Yeah, yes, I'm a, sure was. blah blah blah. And he goes, Ah well yeah, me too. And he goes, Well what position did you play? And the dad goes, safety. And Trip goes it's a crucial position, sir. Nothing between you and the goal line, which is exactly, exactly what, what he's, he's doing. doing. It's oh my god! These and those actors pull it off so well. You're like the dad is it. Trip yep. is running for the goal, and dad is there. 
And he's yep. like, I uh, safety. Yeah, he's like crucial position. You know, he's bonding with him, but he's also like giving him a little nod. I got like, you. look, I understand. I got to work with you if I'm going to make this happen. Yep. And dad loves it. He's like, ah. Yeah, that I little. Th- it's something about that little nod of respect, yep. which is such a dad thing. Yeah. Um. Now nah, we're gonna skip over that story. Um. So the the homecoming dresses. Dude, the homemade frumpty dumps. The here's what I wrote down because like they they are dumpy, right? But there's something about four girls walking down the stairs in these like almost not quite matching whitish dresses. I wrote down timeless and ethereal as martyrs or nuns or saints. Because when you the boys look up at them and they're not. You can see by the way that it's shot, by the the angles that were given, by the procession of the girls. The boys are not seeing girls. The boys are seeing like mythical exactly. beings from on high. That choice like to Valkyrie or something just descending. I mean, from, fuck, dude, they look like oracles. Yeah, they because really of the, do. The, the way the robes. White, yes. Yeah, man, they 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 look like this untouchable these untouchable beings and it captures that that feeling when you're 16 and you see like a beautiful girl at a dance and you're like man i could never talk to her in a billion years because she's not even human right it's like no they exist on a completely different whole other place i've never i don't think i've ever seen a movie that captures this time and this age that this well it's really surprising um the the sound design again when they pop those corsage is it corsage or boutonniere boutonnieres for guys boutonnieres for guys corsage is for the ladies and they pin the corsages on mm-hmm. them okay so when they pop those corsage boxes prop, prop. it sounds so awkward it doesn't it jars because you're in this magical moment and something as ordinary as a plastic box opening up but that's a brilliant touch though because Absolutely. the first time i'm nervous and i'm looking at my junior prom date the first time I'm I'm nervous as shit, my hands are sweating, and I got this corsage in the plat that exact plastic fucking right, yeah, box. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you're nervous and everyone's like, ha 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 and the then crack, 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 crack. That thing opens like a goddamn the gun going like an, off. Yeah, yeah. you're like, ah ha ha <laughs> Well shit, now I've no got a classy way to do this. Yeah, no no classy way to do it. It's the it's the And little... then you have to put the fucking corsage on them. And the the like the, the awkward <laughs> like clutter of that where everyone's talking yes. over everyone it's like oh don't play it's perfect it's perfect it's yep. perfect i was right back well, i was right back my <laughs> 1994 baby oh my god and i'm I, really sorry aaron that i stuck you with the pin i didn't mean to i was nervous i'm positive i st- i've i mangled my data senior well. senior year did the did the arm one the, that's the way to yeah, do it man yeah do the wrist one. Oh well i got oh my god okay so like the the dance that song, there's a beautiful moment. I think it's Mary where she says, I'm so happy right now. Yes. And it fucking breaks your heart. Yeah. Because at this point, we're like 30 minutes from the end. A little yeah. Less. And like this is the high minutes. point for them. Yeah. Because it's after this that they get like house arrested Lux by fucks mom. It all up, man. Lux fucks it all up. The, this well, is actually, the only... this is the problem. Trip is a fucking asshole. This is the only difference between the movie and the book that I noticed. Does Trip not leave her at the No, football? he does. Okay. He leaves her mid mid sex though. Oh my god. They're having sex and she starts to cry. And she goes, "I'm ruining it. I always ruin it." And she's sobbing and Trip was uh, adult Trip is like, "I don't know, man. For whatever reason, I was just like, I was just done. You're done. I Can't couldn't do it. No. I couldn't do it, so I just got up and left. I didn't care how she got home. I just couldn't fucking deal." Which is shitty. But Trip is 16, 17 years old. 
He's still a kid. Dude, he's still a kid. Like, okay, you're, you're, I mean, he's got, he's had sex with lots of girls, but he's not emotionally attached to any of these girls. I think he loves Lux. And there's, you know, you're having sex and you're 16 years old and all of a sudden the girl you're having sex with, like, oh, it's so, hey, I love you. You fucking, we're fucking, I love you so much. She starts sobbing and says, I ruined it. I ruined it. And suddenly you remember that her sister killed herself recently and you're in emotional waters that you have no toolbox for. No. You're like, I, uh, yeah, cause you're uh, 16, you're 16. You're like, I don't, I'm leaving now. What's the move? Like, dude, I'm 28. And you know, if I'm not, I'm not in that situation, but I'm thinking about the situation, which is like, you're having sex with this girl. It's super hot. You've had a great time. And now she starts sobbing and saying, I'm ruining it. I'm ruining it. And you know, that somehow that's tied into the baggage of one of her close well, relatives suicides. Dying, yeah. You're like. I mean now what you do you stop you listen you talk yep. but that situation is like it's so far peak fucked so up so far over the head of a 16 year old yeah he's so trips just like I uh, just, I'm out then and he's already like fairly emotionally juvenile like he's he's a child he's, he's a maybe fucking, the most childish of yes. them all you know because he's that's just who he is so he's like I didn't know what to do so I bailed and you're like I think that was a shitty move, but I understand. Yeah. I totally understand. But in this movie, he has sex with her. It goes off without a hitch, and then he bails. So Trip comes off looking a lot worse in the movie than he does in the Fair book, enough. I think. But man, this is one of my. There's f- that clear tag that he's he's in like group a therapy rehab. Yeah. Rehab, yeah. Well, that in the it's explicit in the book. He's there for substance abuse problems. Okay. So it's just it's like AA and drugs. He's, okay. he's drying out at a clinic in Arizona, Fair and enough. they have to go track him down. So, but I mean, the next shot is one of my favorites in the movie. There's a couple that I think are you know like I think a little better, but man, her, she wakes up alone in the field. And then I I don't want to call it this, but we get the bling ring shot. We get a wide shot from a high angle looking down so we can take in the whole surroundings. Mm-hmm. And she's a tiny. Just a little blip in yeah, the center. Yeah, she's just yep. this little, this short little figure alone on a field. And she picks up her shoes and she walks barefoot like. Fuck. So I, it, it so perfectly captures. And there's a, it's that cold palette thing. We go from mm-hmm. like. Super blue. And I wrote down, there's this beautiful sense of isolation. And it's a really apt visual metaphor for the aloneness of that age of that of being so, 16 yeah. you're very small in a very large world absolutely yeah. yeah the the world is big and cold and you feel alone in it yeah it's and then the, i mean the rest of the movie is the girls going on lockdown there's a the one of the next things we see is this great fucking shot of these this sea of blonde heads Indistinguishable from each other Bobbing up the stairs You have no idea who anyone is Until they get to the door And then one of them turns and it's Lux That you realize For these boys These girls Are are all just One unit Mm -hmm. They are the Lisbon sisters They're not Mary and Charlotte Well the very beginning of the the film I almost said picture The very beginning of the picture Because it feels like a picture It does kind of feel like a picture Um they're all introduced together as like one unit. Right. And you, they, they're only a, like a year apart from each other. So they're very much they are. They're one. All, uh, Cecilia is two years younger right. than the youngest. But they're like not too far apart. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, they're, they're even introduced. No, they're as, all one year apart. Exactly. As, as like one unit. And that's right. how, the, how the boys see them. They do a laundry list, but that's kind of the last time we have a really distinct, mm-hmm. uh, except in death In death, they're all specifically named, but mostly they're just the Lisbon, the girls, Lisbon girls or the Lisbon sisters. Yeah. Um, and that, I mean, dude, that when, when Lux gets home 
and we stay in the driveway a ways away from the house and we see that nonverbal I mean mm-hmm. we hear words but they don't mean when the anything. parents are yeah. it's, and dad's reaction is different than mom's dad is more right? like are you alright and she's like fucking what the fuck are you doing how dare you do this to me like yeah. all that indistinguishable like it's amazing babble fucking love it it's so so good um, two completely different that, reactions from parents God, that like burning she, the burning the records when the mom's like Oh fuck! When that was that was, it had a bit of funny to it. It's hilarious because the fucking house is filling filling up up with smoke. No one can smoke the vinyl smoke. I wrote down it's it's so brutal because it's you know like I'm sure did your your parents ever take anything from you because it was too adult when you were a kid? Mm -hmm, Absolutely. Yep. I lost. I managed to cling because my it was all in Japanese and my parents didn't really get it. But I listened to this death metal, this Japanese death metal band called Deer and Gray, and they were so bleak, dude. I I have days of memories of me sitting crying in my room with Jane oh my Gray. God. It's, that was that you know that's that teenage yep. thing where you're just yep. like only these Japanese screaming people understand me uh, like, for me it was Huey Lewis and the news a sports album man I was you fucking balling to each their own man a lot of Nirvana would get me especially oh, in Nirvana. utero but like I've I had parent my parents take away comic books they're like this is too mature mm-hmm. or like oh this is they're rebelling against authority and my parents were really cool and fairly lax um the f- I wasn't allowed to watch R-rated movies until my first girlfriend bought me Pulp Fiction. Because then my parents were like, ah, shit. She got it for him. It's a present. We can't stop oh, him. Um, Let him watch it. I think I was 15. God, I was a senior in high school, I think. And we watched Die Hard we were allowed to watch. Yeah. The first one I saw was Terminator when I was nine, and that was too much for me. Terminator 2. Yeah, it was actually my Aunt Tina, the, <laughs> the first, alien franchise. The first scene I saw was the scene where he, oh, he cuts rips his, his hand he off. He cuts, cuts his arm off and peels it off, and I was like, <laughs> I don't like R rated you know, movies. They're dumb. I don't like them. They're stupid. Let's watch Land Before Time yes. again. <laughs> Dad was not ready for Terminator <laughs> 2. It was too fucking much. <laughs> but, um, fuck, people are being stabbed in the neck with stabby arms? No, like, what uh, the fuck? Over it. Yeah, yeah. Through the head, yeah. out his mouth, and, and through the, the milk, the milk and the blood on the <laughs> yeah. ground. I was just like, can we turn this off? PG-13's enough. <laughs> Even PG-13's got a little hairy sometimes, but I wrote down, like, okay, the burning of the records is so brutal, but it's simultaneously so, so fucking funny. stupid. Yeah, and stupid and dumb. It's yeah. ridiculous. Like, she's on the ground, and she's like, Mom, not Aerosmith, and she's like, burn it, and she's throwing arrows. It's, you're like, this is exactly the dumb shit type of stuff that parents do. Yep. This is, dude. And, and it shows how stupid it is. Because the house starts filling with smoke. Right. Like, my, I remember. I remember my mom made a big. It was either my mom or my dad. One of the two of them made a big production of breaking my CD-ROM disc of Streets of Sin City. Streets of Sin City was a car racing game where you could put yes. guns on your cars yes. and you drive around and you'd shoot other cars with your car guns. That's all. Yep. That's what that game was. You're driving around with your gun car and you shoot the other gun cars. And my dad, I, my dad or my mom, I think it was my mom, was like, "This is." Heinously violent. You can't be. And she, it was like, held it, the disc in her. It must have been my dad. It must have been my dad. Held the disc in his hand and pressed until it shattered outwards. And I was like, no. How many cuts did he have on his hand from that? I don't know. He fucking straw dogs it, man. Wow. (laughs) And I was just like, I remember as a kid being like, it's so unjust. And now as an adult, I'm like, probably played less video games, read more books. Read more books. There you go. But honestly, like the production of like, break it. It's, it represents. It's such a parent thing. Yeah. It is totally a parent I have all the power over you. Don't you see? Oh my God. Burn it. 
And then we go straight from the bullshit because mom locks the girls down. They can't go outside Hard anymore. Lock, they get man. pulled Ooh. out of school. They never leave the house. And there's a great moment in a bit mom where mom kills her daughters. It's amazing. Uh, basically, yeah. yeah. There's a moment where I think it, I think it's Lux. She goes, "I gotta get out of here." And she goes, "You know the rules." And she goes, "I can't breathe in here." Yeah. And you're like, "This is why they all killed themselves." Yep. It's it, in the book, by the way. It is less clear. That it's specifically the mother's fault It's still heavily implied that being locked in the house Is what That's eventually drives the, the girls yeah. Over the edge but it's this movie Makes it fairly explicit that the, the Mom's behavior is what killed them And there's this great voiceover At the end as the parents I'm, I'm skipping ahead but mm-hmm. I do want to hit these notes But there's this fucking brilliant Bit at the end where the parents After the girls have all killed themselves Are walking out of the house to go to the car And the dad's like leading the mom by the arm And they're just they're all their daughters just killed themselves. All of their daughters committed suicide. They're they're doomed. These people yes. are shells of people. And the mom in the future, as they're interviewing her, does a voiceover and she goes, "My girls never wanted for any love." Fuck you. In voiceover, it's incredible mm. because it's not. You cannot hold it against her. It is no, totally. She's, it's from. She's coming. Yeah. It's self denial. It's a hundred percent. She's in denial. So disgusting. But. She's a person too, but yeah, and I it's know. the only uh, way she can keep living is I loved my girls and they knew they it. never, yeah, they, they never, never wanted, wanted for love. love. Yeah. Jesus. So jumping back after the record burning, we get the fucking media popping back up because that elm tree thing happens where they said perfect out. timing on the news van. Right? Yeah. The news van's like, ah, shit. Yeah, here we go. Chainsaws and nightgowns. This leads for sure. But I wrote down like. What bullshit media What great criticism of that mm-hmm. media Voice of the overt This is awesome dude Like this In this movie Sofia Coppola is such a subversive filmmaker She, she stands so in line With this, this cultural criticism Of like here's You know what we should do to make the world better it, It's beautiful And then the I don't know where, where it goes wrong And becomes like a celebration Because this movie criticizes Everything that Marie Antoinette And the Bling Ring Kind of seem to celebrate Oh they celebrate it's To the complete opposite end I mean it is It's crazy It's not even the flip side of the coin It's a different currency altogether Yeah It's, it's there. It's like a Dude there's like two Sofia Coppolas There's Lost in Translation Virgin Suicides And I think The Beguiled Because of those movies mm-hmm. The Beguiled and this movie Are in such dialogue with each other And then there's like Marie Antoinette and her, the way that she interviews in the bling ring And I'm just like I I'm, It's mental gymnastics for it's sure It's really rough yeah But there's a great line here Where the <laughs> The fucking newscasters like The girls Risked their own lives By trying to protect the elm That Cecilia So dearly loved And I'm like She didn't though She didn't She was a 13 year old girl She sure. saw some <laughs> plaster and went Cause you yep. know what you do When you see wet cement When you're a kid You write plaster. your name in it You put your fingers yeah, in you it Yeah you go you get your a, hand in you it You go get a stick And you draw a wiener Yep. You know, like you draw a cock. Because you're and, 13 years old. Yep. Like these are these girls are not like we mustn't let them cut that tree down. Oh my god! I just went. No, and the reason into Emma Watson you did, but the reason they didn't want to have them to cut that because their handprint was in that tree. Now yeah. it was her tree. Right. They're they're not wrong, and I love that the mom and dad back them up too. Mm-hmm. Where they're like, well, what about this? And that's it's great. It's absolutely great. By the way, by the way, in the end of the book, it's not super clear in the movie, but by the end of the book, every elm tree in town is cut it's down. Gone, yeah. So when they go and they're like. You know how do you know the tr- like how do you even know that tree is sick and they're like we fucking know it's turning yellow we cut the branches off if I leave that tree alive there's gonna be no elm trees on this street by the end of the year and the dad goes it's fine gonna man. be that way anyway yep because you guys are cutting all the trees down because each of the trees is getting sick and then they're like well what about this alternative therapy and he goes it doesn't work and he's like it's less invasive and then the mom honestly dude this is Kathleen Turner's greatest moment she's like my girls are standing in the front yard when did that become a crime 
Mm-hmm. Do you want to try and call the cops and make the th- make a it. thing it's out of this? Front yard. It's their front yard. It's our tree. And they're like, well, fine. And in the book, they let the tree live until the Lisbons move out, and then they come cut it wow. down. So there's a great dude. Another small detail moment. Once the girls get locked down, there's a shot of Lux sitting by. It's not actually a shot of Lux. It's a shot of Lux dipping her fingers into a tiny fish tank. And we, do you remember? She's sitting by the window in the room. All the girls are just laying around doing nothing. I may have nothing. been writing a note. I don't, I don't, yeah. But there's a shot of her dipping her left hand into a fish tank and kind of like moving her fingers listlessly over the fake yes. algae type yes, stuff. Yes, 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 yes. And we just stay with it. You're yep. like, she dips it in and you're like, okay, and the cut goes now. But, but the no. cut comes 10 seconds after that. And the lingering makes the shot work. It's so, it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. Well, they are. So I mean, it's much. on the nose, but they are fish in the in the bowl. Like, yeah, yeah. That's like they're the goldfish now. And but I and it, but think about how think what about happens when you overfeed a goldfish. They explode and die. But no, I don't know if that's true. No, they do. They die, will. Though. They will eat. They suffocate because they're overfed. Well, the, the air can't. Oxygen can't. Because they're know, over. I don't know. <laughs> they, they they overeat. I don't know. No, but here's but it's here's something to think about though. They're they're fishing a goldfish bowl. But the tank that she's playing with is empty. Mm-hmm. There are no fish in that bowl. Right. It's, oh my God, mm-hmm. dude. It's, it's so incredible. And then we do, they start ordering the, the catalogs and they do that cool um, like slideshow. Like, yeah, I love that the they went on Machu trips with them. It gets even, from, yeah. my favorite is when they go and Cecilia, they, they're doing this trip and you're like, this is cool. And and Cecilia goes, was Cecilia, there too. And Cecilia's not dead. She's a bride in Calcutta. And you're like, oh my god like this it's not this is this is all the way escapism now yeah they've gone they've gone all the completely way. Mm-hmm. full escapism they're like it's it's almost like a it's almost like a biting criticism of of the condition of suburban living because it's not just they're like they're t- saying all these things like we walked the hills of Machu Picchu and we're we're climbing to the pyramids and all these other great things. Oh and God. you know what? How about Cecilia is not dead and everyone's got a pony and it's it turns into like a biting criticism yes. of of the bleak realities of their life because they're just like and while we're at it, I have a why not we have a, a million dollars. dollars. Yeah, exactly. it's just. It's just it's so, it's utter escapism, mm-hmm. and it becomes sad, and it becomes powerful in the moment that they bring Cecilia back from the dead. Yeah, God damn, what a great shot! And it gets even better too because at the end, we go click click and hit a white blank, a blank slide, and then click click we do it again, and we do it again. There's three blank slides at the end of it, and Fuck. oh my God, the bleakness of that, where it's like here's this beautiful dream, and then just blank There's slide. Nothing. Blank slide, blank slide. And right before that, we have an empty fish tank. It's all these images of nothingness and emptiness. It's so, the end of this movie is very heavy, very bleak. And it's, but it's so beautiful. The, the, the beauty, the, my God, the poetry of communicating by vinyl. I love that. It's one of my favorite, just favorite things ever where they call and they put the records on. They just hold the phone up to the, the speaker. speaker, and that's it. That's they're, the only communication. What makes it so charming for me oh is they're sixteen-year-old boys. They're they're some of them are like 13, 14, 15 year old boys. They're young boys. They don't know what to say. No, nope. but these but musicians these did. Musicians do. Yeah. So they play, and then they say, "Call us back," and they give the number and hang up, and the girls call, and the girls are 15, 16, 17 yeah. years old, and they 
play songs back and they communicate their feelings by people communicating powerful feelings. It's amazing. It's incredible, dude. It's absolutely. There's a whole montage of it happening and it's just, it's such a wonderful. One of my. Because if in another circumstances, if, if they're not trapped in their, in their, in their home. Right. It, it's, it's full of whimsy and and romantic really when you think about it it's like it's like the ultimate version of a mixtape where i'm not just going to give you the mixtape i'm going to live spin these records <laughs> for you for each they're other. djing for each other but if it was if it weren't for the fact that they're doing that because they are not allowed to communicate with the outside world or talk to boys right that puts it in that whole other space of the whimsy goes away and is replaced with fucking it's like coded messages yeah behind enemy lines exactly man. yeah one of my favorite uh thing one of my favorite uh explanations that's in the that's in the book one of the, my favorite little things that's in the book is that is this scene it goes on for like three or four pages and we the reason that they explain because the, the girls songs are all very sad they're all like these bleak cries for help and right. stuff and there's this funny little joke which is like we were never sure if that's how they felt or if that's the only way they could express themselves because all they had left was folk albums. Wow. Because mom made them burn all the rock. Makes sense, right? So the, all, all they have, have is like is sad folk music. Oh so they're God. trapped in a house that they can't leave. And they can't even and communicate all they have to, effectively with the... With, oh well, no, God. think about that. All they're listening to all day is sad folk music. Like, <laughs> I mean, I'm going to hang myself in the basement. <laughs> it's like... It's weirdly sickly blackly funny, right? Like it these is. girls are trapped in this house I with never this even considered holy that. roller mom and all they have left is sad folk mom music. Mom would have thrown away all, all of the All the rock shit. music is gone. Led Zeppelin is gone. Kiss not kiss. When dude when the kiss record, not I was like kiss. burn it. No, I was like, no, nah, that's okay. Yeah, you can burn that one. That one can go. Well, which Sorry. Aerosmith uh, album is yeah, right. it? Toys in the Attic. Oh God, right. don't burn that. <laughs> but no, like it's. I just I thought that in that note in the book was so funny where they're just like mostly the girls communicated using downbeat folk music, <laughs> and I was hilarious. like, shit, that's hilarious. Um, God, dude, the uh, the the what about the social commentary of how Lux goes out in a car in, a car. in Detroit. The death of the auto industry, which is basically what's what's got the suburb in a slump, yep. is the auto industry is dead. Yeah. yeah, so the Detroit auto industry just crashed, and she goes out. Sixteen-year-old girl running car. It's so po- yep. dude. Like, and again, this is eugenities, but but Sofia Coppola catches it. She knows she knows the angle. She knows how long to show us something to really to sink the sink the stone into us you know and how about this that they have they have their their car ride for like eight seconds yeah that little that That little little moment of flight of fancy and it's gone it's so brief and i forgot i forgot how this i watched this movie forever ago Mm -hmm. like the first time Mm -hmm. i was like oh maybe maybe there's more movie left than i remember right because oh maybe they do go on this trip and there I was like, is oh, this more is cool. movie than you think well, I, yeah but i was like oh they they do go on the car and have it oh wait no they don't they don't they're back they in tricked the house. me and i've God, seen dude. it our album is so fucking brutal they go downstairs to give you that moment of real escape yeah. and they're like oh no no that's just a flight of fancy but that's what being a kid is a lot yeah, of the time i know is you're like they're imagining it as they're going to find these girls they're like, oh Shit's my god, gonna it's gonna be, gonna be fun, and it might be a little awkward, weird, funny, but whatever, it's fine. And then no, oh fuck, a pair of feet dangling has never fucking disturbed me as much as this. This, yeah, this is when really he's hard. turning around to talk to his fr- and the feet. She's just, just there, just there. All you see, you only you don't see much, just like from the ankle down. 
There, okay, here's one of the little details, mm. by the way, from the book that shows up in the movie without being explained is the drip in the basement. What the fuck is the drip in the basement? They didn't fix the roof, and the roof leaks and leaks through the living room and then leaks through the living room floor into the basement because the house is in such disrepair. Holy they just give shit. up. The family, like, completely gives up. The book really tr- follows wow. the family. The family, like, the there's a bit where the priest is walking upstairs and there's, like, a moldy sandwich on the, on the stair. So they just completely... At the end, a yeah. guy goes in to clean up the house, and that sandwich is still there, like a year later. Holy shit! So the house, yeah, the family completely gives up. They just, they just die. The whole family dies. Really, is what happens because the the house just falls into disrepair. There's a, in the, you, I don't know how you'd even do it in the movie without making it too obvious, but there's a smell that comes from the house in the book where it's just like we, none of us could put our hand on what it was. Is it it like was just death? no. It's like the smell. They're like it's the smell of like hot garbage and unwashed bodies but there's like this emotion that they tie it to which is like it feels like it smells like something dying yeah and uh that's that really like that drip in the fact that she kept the drip in the basement i love the fact that there's the townspeople are in the book a lot more and there's that bit where they're driving around and the girls are gossiping and they're like oh the this this schweigeners are nazis and they're like no they're nazi sympathizers those that couple that old couple they're all through the book they pop up like again and again and again yeah i have to read this book so they like name check all this stuff and there's little details like the sandwich and the drip in the basement that drip in the basement if I don't. The only reason I saw it and picked up on it is because when I first saw it, I was like, "What is that?" What is that? that? Mm-hmm. But then you're you can make without her being like, "Wow, there's a drip." They really let the house go to shit. You just show me the drip and let me make my inference. Exactly. Where it's like, "Oh, there's a drip and no one's addressed it." Oh my god, dude, it's so good. <laughs> it's so fucking good. Then after all the girls kill themselves, we get that montage of news where it's like five, five local of, girls yeah. but what Fuck. the thing i love about it is cut to a new news story but leave the audio from the other one running until it's just noise and you realize that that's pretty much what the so news is, is. Noise. all news yeah. is is noise that's god damn dude like the end of this movie it doesn't give is a shit so... about the, the people or what their individual <sighs> struggles were or anything is just that's fucking god damn it the, it's infuriating the time lapse the time lapse of the abandoned house is awesome the time lapse of the abandoned that's house how, is awesome that's how that house becomes that house right everyone that knows creep, that creepy house the kids chuck rocks at the windows or that oh you know something don't crazy don't, yeah dude that's the that's how that house that's happens that's how that house happens Fuck, man um the debutante party is what I kind of want to go out on um it makes me want to barf I it's so disturbing and gross so that there's like feels, uh-huh. there's a problem with like their sewer treatment or no the 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 the, the, swamp the water is, is so really polluted yeah. the water's so polluted that the swamps get covered in scum and the scum reeks and the whole town smells like this polluted water by the way uh, the polluted water and the town with this one poison house in it come on the metaphor it's, like, meta- it's thick there's so many it. beautiful layers of symbolism in this but so the house is reeking of marijuana like mine all of a sudden is Yeah, it just smells really a it lot like weed so in here. It smells so good and yes, that like hoppy minty smell. God, it's, I want <laughs> Dude, every once in a while my house just poop smells <laughs> like weed. I don't know why. Well, I do know why. Yeah, so do I. <laughs> anyway, so um but so like there's this the scummy swamp smell. So they go all of the all of the young girls were so sad that they were going to be cut, the the flowering of their the, social yeah. lives would be remembered for how bad it smelled. So this one this one girl's Super dad rich, yeah. says he made the theme the theme of the debutante party asphyxiation. Pause. Asphyxiation 
It's that's a hard word. Th- four for young girls. Uh, no, three of the four lesbian girls who just killed themselves. One head hanging, in the oven. Ha- hanging yeah. head in the oven. Car in the garage. Three of them died by asphyxiation. One of them died from sleeping pills. Yeah, which dad, often dad doesn't understand too soon. Which also like, often ki- uh, sleeping pills can kill you from asphyxiation too because right, you're you autonomic. Yeah. yeah. So there's a chance that all four of these girls just died by asphyxiation. Then we have the line, "I can't breathe in here." And then the theme of the debutante party is asphyxiation. Come on, dude. This. This movie mm. is like a series of metaphors galloping yeah. in a field together. It's so fucking beautiful. All right. It's so amazing. Okay. So I said the, the debutante party is so, so trippy. That yellow coloring tint. It's yellow and green. Yeah. It's which are the soup weird. Just it's the two. The color grade is the colors of sickness. So mm-hmm. that oh, the whole party and just like, dude, it almost I said waltzing through waltzing during the apocalypse, which in a way it in is. In a way it is. Mm-hmm. But I, it's it looks God. The coloring is like a Marilyn Manson music video. Yes, it's very like much that, so. I'm like, is this a Trent Reznor video that we're watching now? Is this yeah. a Nine Inch Nails fucking? Oh my God, dude, it's, tool or something. It's like. it's amazing. It's it's such an amazing denouement too. Because there's the the boys are all all the children are drinking. Yes. Girls are throwing up. Yes, there's this awesome moment where the dad is giving a speech and Sophia Coppola like dials back the sound design so we can't hear what he's saying we just hear like <laughs> sounds of parties mm-hmm. and like the, like a we hear other sounds and we hear music and dad's like and I thought but anyway Bill you thought none, none of it matter. matters nothing yeah. and that's exactly the point yep none of this fucking matters at all and then there's that great it's sad it's so sad and sick but it's great that great moment of that guy down by the pool he takes a big drink from his drink and he goes, that's it. Goodbye, cruel world. Yeah. And he dives into the water and they try and pull him out. And he goes, no, you don't understand. I'm a teenage girl. I've got problems. They're right next door to the Lisbon house. It's been a year. Not even. Not even. Uh, in the book, the debutante party is like three, two months so after the suicide. It's like shit. a month. Yeah. It's all like it's just, a joke. You know what, dude? Do you know what the debutante party is? It's a big joke to the. No, it's, it's how you and I and birds sit and watch Marie Antoinette That's how we see Marie Antoinette Oh fuck Cause it's a bunch of rich people Partying during a tragedy Yeah Yeah Dude yeah. It is yeah. This is It's Sophia Coppola's Opposite It's her opposite number It's fucking so Is she like two faced Does she I have don't, like a coin She flips I don't and- know I don't know But dude th- This is This is an utter it's kind of fucking creepy Actually Like the The different it's inc- the shift between the shift this, between this and, and, and Marie, Marie Antoinette. Antoinette or the bling ring is stunning. It's so insane. It's like two different directors because the debutante party is one of the best criticisms of opulence and wealth and callous, rich, like callous nouveau richness right. that I've ever seen. It, you're watching the party and you feel sick and you see these kids do that. The aftermath where the kids are standing in the lawn. You know, like there's that there's all those like the kids are all right. The kids will be okay. This those kids watching the sunrise, you get the very real sense like these kids are, are doomed. fucked up. Yep, they're like, fucked. These for the rest of their lives, they're going and they are because as the, adults they come back and revisit this and try to piece is. it together for the, fuck's the sake. The movie is them like not getting over how much this this time wrecked them. 
And that's how we go out of this movie. It's them like standing in the lawn after this like disgusting debutante party, which is portrayed as such in the film. Colors of sickness, smoke everywhere, bejeweled. There's like bedazzled gas masks. Yeah, that's fucking horrible. Dude, it's you're you're watching it and you feel. (laughs) Look how funny. (laughs) Yeah, like the the debutantes are pulling up their like diamond studded gas mask in this foggy smoke filled room. Seconds after we've seen a garage filled with smoke and a dead girl in it yeah like this movie is so the end of this movie is so like look how sick we are as people and then we're fucking gross man we are but but at the same time i you gotta you have to give like artistic artistic cries like this it's so dude it's so it's so poetic poetic and so beautiful and so powerful what a goddamn statement and then we're out and then we're out, dude. It's right. like, that's it. They, I think the last shot of the movie is another tip up to the sky. Yeah. But this time, Lux's face doesn't appear because she's dead because and she's gone. she's gone. But the fact that we tilt up to the sky means there's, the kids are still in that framework and they'll always be looking for Lux Lisbon, which is what they do this whole movie. They look for the Lisbon girls and find no answers because there are no answers. They, yeah, because they end, it ends with them leaving the party. They're right where they were when... When right. all this shit went down. Right. It's like, in a weird way, it's, that's it. That's the end of their childhood, is that sunrise. That's, <laughs> very, in a very real sense. Yeah, yeah, and that sky without the Lisbon girls in it. You know? Fuck, man. Damn. I mean, that's it. That's the last note yeah, I have what, for this. this. is. I mean, this happened to me once. This is a little bit different scenario than... Uh, and check out the episode on Patreon when we talk about the prisoners. Um, yeah, the where season I ha- zero. Season zero, where I have a particular uh, feeling or... Yeah, dude, this conversation has brought me around to another whole whole appreciation of the flick, dude. So, yeah. This is, I liked, I really loved this talk because in a, in a way, the Prisoners episode, I've been a fan of Prisoners since I first saw it when right. it came out. So I came to that table like holsters. Like ready to go, like, one in the go. barrel. And like, I knew because of your text, I'm like, I know Carl doesn't like it. So I'm like, all right, here we go. Right, strap Let's in. Sit down. And it was, it was a great talk. I think in, to some extent and to some lesser degree, our Unforgiven conversation was mm-hmm. similar where I was right. like, I'm like, here's some stuff I noticed that you didn't notice. And you're like, here's some stuff that you're giving too much credit for. And we came to a middle ground. This one, I started where you started, mm-hmm. but I had the benefit of a pre-conversation with right, Bird exactly. because I came at this movie with bias for sure. Because mm-hmm. I was like, I was able to shed mine away during the conversation, like you had with I know. Bird before <laughs> getting on. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was like one step behind you. I saw, I saw you having doing the the, the thing that I was doing yesterday. I was, you know, what I was doing is like scraping the pool when it gets algae out. Like, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Some of that just squeegeed off some of the grime right. from. I'm like, oh, now I can see this more clearly because some of the algae and grossness of Bling Ring got, and yeah. Marie Antoinette got like... The Bling Ring wrecked another episode we tried to record because we were so... Should. We had so much anger. I, it was mostly me. I will but give... But no, it's, it was both of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I... I, I it, it, there was an episode we did that was for Patreon that we decided to scrap. We did it right after we did the Bling Ring and... It was like supposed to be this like happy love fest. Very much so. And it yeah. It turned into this fucking soapboxy like screaming about how mad we are. And I, I think in a weird way, uh, you're. I think in a weird way you're right. Not in a weird way. You're right that we watched three really difficult, really strange, obtuse, not for us. In the case of the blingering, like bad mm-hmm. movies. And then we hit this one, and dude, I was my wheels were spinning in the mud. I'm just like, I don't understand. Yeah. How this director can 
can like make me feel so bad and ambivalent and angry and unimpressed and then fucking blow me away with a movie right. like this. But Your I first outing too. Yeah, dude. Damn. Like right now, props. Seriously. It's like Sofia Coppola has a masterpiece in, and in I'm the gonna Virgin go back Suicides. To, I'm going to go back to something I said at the beginning about nepotism. If dad doesn't make... I said daddy, and that's a little bit you of You did, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if, but, you know, this if daddy doesn't make Godfather, Sofia Coppola does, it doesn't make this. But that doesn't matter. Like, right. Sofia Coppola, it, this... This is her movie. This is her film. Doesn't matter right. who her dad is. Right. What he matters? Didn't, he didn't make this movie. No. She made. This she movie. made this movie. What matters is, what matters is that she made this movie. What a what a childish thing to say if Daddy doesn't make The Godfather. Then. But you know, dude, I I we did but, the same thing in Bling Ring. Yeah. That Bling Ring episode is mostly just both. I mean, it's both of us. But like, I I was there too, where it's like, God, she just seems so shallow. How can a mm-hmm. person be so shallow and dumb and vapid? But it's not, dude. It's in a weird way. This movie is about how we are all circumstances of where we're all we're all uh, subject to our circumstances and this movie she starts out not a huge budget 5,000 feet of film a day mm-hmm. and a, and her first outing so you know it's like this is this is it this is her debutante party no like, seriously this is my voice this is what I'm getting out there and who knows how her situation has changed since right I, honestly I think when you give an indie filmmaker actually more times than not you give an indie filmmaker with a powerful voice a shitload of money and that movie sucks that sucks yep you see it more often than not like what makes early jarmish great is he didn't have any money so he had to write tell stories about people because he it, it had to be dialogue it had to be dialogue it had to be, right. dialogue it had to be people in a cab it had to be people in a prison or walking I mean, or what, what the hell is that one movie uh, down by law yeah like 90% of that movie takes place inside rooms yeah inside, inside like barely one prison decorated cell rooms. them uh, walking a hotel room a hotel room and the the diner or whatever where they end up leaving the one dude right night on dude night on earth it all takes place in cars yeah it's all interior shots of cabs you know why because it's cheap to drive around and talk yep exactly you can drive around a parking lot and that's what makes it (laughs) epic that's what makes that movie so goddamn good like I, i love this movie i'm gonna say right now like this i am I'm so glad I watched this. I have so much respect for Sofia Coppola as a director based on this movie solely. Like, I may not like some of her other films, but this is an amazing movie. This is an amazing movie. Yeah, and and just because we don't like the movie doesn't mean that, I mean, shit, she's able to make movies. Right. You know, and and whatever her voice is, I mean, it's like, you know, we don't necessarily have to agree with it, and that's fine. We are we are allowed to not agree with right. Not every movie is for everyone, and the, mm-hmm. a lot of hers are not for me. But you know, there's it. Seeing this reminded me of something which sometimes is easy to forget when you're just looking at things with a critical eye rather than an, also an appreciating eye. Which is, she's still swinging. Yeah. I don't get, you know, she made the bling ring. It sucked and I hated it, but she made it. Why do I want to say that Amazon Prime or Netflix or somebody just picked her up and Bill Murray is on board with a, like a, a, something that she's doing, another project and Bill Murray is on board. Yeah, I think so. I mean, dude, right on. I hope Bill, I hope Bill Murray keeps working forever. He's one of my favorite humans yes. ever. Mm-hmm. But like the fact that, and also you and I included, she gets a lot of critical shit critics dump on her constantly she's like a 50 50 split usually where people are like i loved this movie it's very subtle and blah 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 and it's beautiful and then there's like this is vapid and shallow she gets shit on all the time and you know what she 
Sophia Coppola has to have more money than God, right? She's yes. out in Hollywood. She's part of the Coppola family. They got to have some bucks. And her movies have been fairly, a lot of them have been fairly successful. You know, she doesn't need to keep doing this. No. If there wasn't something in her that made her want to make movies, she wouldn't be she doing wouldn't it. She wouldn't be doing it. She's still swinging. And she's not making, with the exception of the bling ring, she's not making like like popcorn fluff movies. Marie Antoinette, while I Challenging think Challenging films. Yeah, well, I think it's fairly shallow, is like a very that's a tall order, dude. You're gonna do a period piece with all these super extravagant sets, like not she's not making mainstream films. She's making weird movies. Mm-hmm. They've challenged us for sure. Yeah, absolutely. The one thing I will say about this month, challenged. Very ch- challenging. Have, yeah. Very difficult. I have been challenged, yes. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I loved I loved watching this, and in a weird way, this kind of, this movie felt like redemption for the other three. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, we got to see, a lot of times when we do these director things, we see a bunch of movies that we love because we love that director. Mm-hmm. That's why we cho- we choose the director. That's why we pick the directors. Yeah. It's like, you know, I'm not sitting here like, you know what we should watch? We should watch all of Uwe Ball's movies, you know? Though, <laughs> uh, Blood Rain's pretty dope. Is it? I haven't seen no. it. It's not? It sucks? Yeah. You know what movie bad. of his is legit awesome? Rampage? Rampage is fucking, fucking amazing. amazing. That movie's so good. Everything else he's done sucks. <laughs> but dude, Ramp- I won't take Rampage from him. Nope. That movie's excellent on its own merits. And he will box you. He- will he? Yeah, he took a critic into the ring and the- some critic was like blowing up and calling him a pussy and like whatever. Um, and I'll go I'll go fucking like 12 rounds of Uwe Boll or did whatever. He fight him? And he did. Uwe Boll's like, all right, I will see you in the ring then. They go, they fought. They did, and How'd Uwe Bob knocked the shit out of him. <laughs> the dude puked in the ring and shit. It's like you can look it up on YouTube. I think this a whole thing. Well, that I'll, I'll be watching that in five but, minutes. Yeah, Uwe Bob fucking knocked the shit out of this dude. Like, dude, yeah, that it's like mad. You, oh, it's all right. If you have to say you will get the boxing ring with me, then I will do it for you. You know who else did that? Go fuck yourself. Justin Trudeau got in the ring with a political opponent and boxed him. That's amazing. Canada's prime minister got in the ring. That's awesome. I know. I admire it. You know. I'm not saying I want to get in the ring of Sofia Coppola. She could probably kick my ass. But I, you know what I would, you know what I'd like to do, and I don't. It'll never happen in a million years because we spent two episodes dumping all over, and that's fine. And also, we're two guys in Michigan, and who, fuck yeah. who gives a fuck about <laughs> us? But I would be absolutely fascinated. I don't need like a, a month of deep interviews. I want one day, cup of coffee and a croissant, and just talk to her for an hour. Yeah. I'd love to sit down and talk with her for an hour and just about her work not like tell me about your personal life i just want to dig into her creative process and that's one thing that bugs me is in the interviews a lot of times it doesn't we don't get to the the deep artistic conversation maybe in part because of the interviewers the interviewers keep things well they're more interested about asking questions about so where did you how did you find out about the ad where did you uh decide to it's all this weird like superficial Questions instead of asking wow. the digging Does she questions. come across as superficial because she's only given superficial material to work Perhaps. with? I mean, this movie. Who knows? A lot of this movie is about media bias and how media turn the media will take tiny things and turn it into like popcorn pieces. I don't know, man. Like I, we're I, only seeing the Sofia Coppola that we're allowed to see through through the interviews media. and media. Absolutely, that's totally true. We're oh, we are only when we're watching videos where all we're seeing is in a, a clip, a bunch of clips that were cut together to to portray a person in a certain way. Mm-hmm. We're not seeing that person, dude. This she's a she's a good director, mm-hmm. even. I can't. I even Marie Antoinette, which I'm ambivalent about, is an excellently directed film. It's 
it just reads really shallow to me but you know, there's no denying that it's a beautiful movie that's super well executed she's a good director she totally is i just danielle, happen danielle really loves that movie and it's like marie antoinette yeah i just happen to dislike about half of her movies but dude the other ones the beguiled i thought was amazing mm. and this movie the virgin suicides is fucking top tier yeah I love this flick. All right. All right. We, we actually do have one more Sofia Coppola coming up, so that'll be our little, like, uh, postscript or what is right, it? Right, epilogue. Yeah, epilogue. Our epilogue will be the first episode of February, but, man, uh, Sofia Coppola was an interesting, interesting month. month interesting month, wasn't it? Very interesting month. All right. So, uh, we're a listener-supported podcast. If you like what we do, head on over to patreon.com slash quill and film q-u-i-l-l-a-n-d-f-i-l-m if you want to drop us a line measuring clicks podcast at gmail.com we want to shout all those out. things are correct <laughs> yeah you're fact checking me as i go yeah uh and we got to shout out our patrons as yes. always we will we like to thank i'm gonna do it in reverse order today thank you connor sweeney yes sir for all of your support we really do appreciate it appreciate 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 it uh we also have to thank danielle pelshaw as always thank you you are beautiful She's the unsung hero of this show. She kind of is. Well, you her got here. At, you got here at nine, and it's like one o'clock. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So definitely, thank you, Danielle. Uh, and and lastly, I'll thank one of them. You thank the other. Okay. I'm gonna thank Casey Shyby. Oh, I will thank John Shyby. Shybies. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Shibes. Much appreciation. And I want to give a shout out on the show to a very special someone. Cool. Um, the work isn't quite done yet, but I feel it's appropriate. Kristen Lee Stewart, uh, an amazing photographer here in town, is doing a lot of work for us right now as far as getting some headshots and, and a lot of photography stuff done on the show. Yes. Uh, I just want to just shout her out. She may never hear this episode, but Kristen is getting some... She's doing a lot of work for us, and she's uh, she's producing a show in town right now. And a she theatrical is theatrical production. A theatrical production, and she's actually she's producing Tommy, and she's actually working the current show. She's working Fun Home right now. So between all that and working without getting paid, she's doing fucking photography, photography work for Measuring Flicks. So, so if you are a, if you are a member of Patreon, the new logo that's going up on the Patreon episodes right now is mm-hmm. the logo going to be the logo for Measuring Flicks. I'm going to hold off until the first episode of season two to change it on iTunes Makes just sense. for continuity's yep. sake. But if you go over to Patreon, you can see the work she's doing, and it is really, really pretty cool. gnarly it's stuff. Pretty man. cool. Yeah. Stuff. So, um, yeah. So I'll leave that. Uh, Sophia Coppola, a tricky, a tricky little a, maze. A tricky, tricky minx. Trick. I don't know, man. No. She's uh, but yeah. So she's she's been an interesting ride. I highly recommend the Virgin Suicides. Yep. Um, if you like that, then dip your toe on further. But try the beguiled you, after this. That might be an interesting. Especially, we should if we did them back to back, man. Yeah. I wonder how much we would have seen. But yeah, so d- definitely, definitely the Virgin Suicides. One of the best films we've watched this year. Honestly. Agreed. I think yeah. I, yep. it's I'll, I will confirm. All right. So next month, uh, it's gonna be a downrending on accident. Valentine. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but but season two is gonna be so much fun. It won't matter. Season two is gonna be a pure blast. So get on through. Uh, actually, don't get through. It's gonna be fun. We're gonna It'll talk be good. about some fun movies. So you get to see Marlon Brando's fat dick. <laughs> <laughs>